0: Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as epic on YouTube, games, and on social media. Welcome to episode 234 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined once again by my my wonderful co-host Ray. How you doing, Ray? 234,
1: Joe. 234 uh, episodes of Geekitude. Right. That is crazy. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um a little tired, but yeah. you know, that's kind of the state of affairs nowadays.
1: Yeah, we got a lot to talk about in this episode, I feel like. Yes and no.
0: <laughs> I'll, get to, I'll, I'll get to why, but like one of these movies I'm not like I just I just don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um I feel like we have three movies to talk about today though. Oh, do we? I do feel like we owe um some weekly geek reaction to the Batman. I have not seen it yet. Oh, you're kidding me. No. Ooh, okay. Well, let's talk about that.
0: About me not having
1: seen it yet? Yeah. <laughs> I but- I have I
0: have very low interest. Like, there's nothing prompting me to go.
1: Isn't that fucking something though? Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I like. I just don't. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did you ever think there'd be a day?
0: No, no, I didn't. Like I, and, I, and it's not Robert Patterson per se, Pattinson. but that's it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert, it's not Robert Pattinson. It's just like. I just don't care. Like, I'm, I'm kind of over Batman because it's like, what what else, what other stories do you need to tell about this character?
1: Wow. Okay. Once again, we are on the same same wavelength.
0: Okay, good. I was afraid you were going to be like, oh, actually, it's a really good movie. And like, no, there's so, many, so much potential here. And I'm just like, I'm just kind of over Batman.
1: The the difference is I have seen it, and
0: uh, <laughs> you don't feel any different. <laughs> I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you're interested in my non spoilery thoughts or reactions. Go for
0: it. No, please, by all means, because I don't. I don't know if I. I feel like this is going to go the way of Fantastic Four for me. I don't know that I'm ever going to watch this one.
1: I uh, I'm sitting in the theater, and I'm enjoying the first few beats of the film. And then some, some point sitting there going, Oh God, why isn't this working for me? What's going on? And then like halfway through the movie, I'm like, Oh my God, am I just done with Batman? Like, is Batman just, do we just need a break from Batman for a while? Like how many, like you said, how many times can we tell the story? And that's it. what sucks about it is that everyone I know is enjoying the hell out of this film and I, and I believe them. I I don't. Right. Right. I'm not going to sit here and say, I think it's a bad film because I didn't enjoy it. Um, I really like Robert Pattinson. I really like Matt Reeves. I really like gritty realism in my comic book movies when, when appropriate, obviously looking at you you, Snyder. Um, I like all those things. And this uh, this almost feels to me like it's the Batman movie that I've been waiting for, but it just took too long to get here.
0: Yeah. Well, and okay, so talk to me about, about the relationship that Marvel has to this movie, because I feel like we've all been ridiculously spoiled with superhero content. And so I feel like at this point, if you're not gonna do something that is like amazing, then don't just don't. Like yeah. I feel like the standards for movies in the comic book genre right now are so high that if you can't if you can't make a certain level of quality movie, then just don't do it.
1: Well, let me bring a different perspective to what you're talking about. Um mm-hmm. Because I think I I tend to agree with you, but I think it's it's that's a subjective thing because there are a lot of people when you say high you say standards for comic book movies are high. I know that you're talking about Marvel movies and what they do so well, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people out there, Joe, and I'm not talking about like Snyder fans either. There's a lot of people out there who wouldn't qualify the Marvel movies as very high, you know, high standards or high quality. You know what I mean? That's fair.
0: But, I have heard that argument from people.
1: They do I, things I, well. I disagree with them, but right, I Right Right. They do things well and and they um uh but but that that's not but they do it over and over again and that's the the Marvel flavor, if you will, mm-hmm. is one that I enjoy. It appeals to me. Right. But You know, there's a lot of comic book fans out there that are tired of the, you know, um, samey art direction and lighting kind of, you know, jokey, funny, like kind of a comedy with dramatic beats that are not, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, they're just most, you know, you know, mostly action, lots of comedy, a a few dramatic beats sprinkled here and there, you know, flat cinematography like all of that stuff turns all of those ingredients turn into a dish that i enjoy eating and i will eat you know right, every right, right. Time it's available but a lot of people that's just not their palate and so i think um for those people they're you know they're really 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 enjoying this this new batman film which is great mm-hmm. and and honestly like I was really excited about it for the same reasons, to be honest. You know, I, I do think that, um, you know, Marvel has figured out its, its language, uh, mm-hmm. its its formula, if you will, um, and it's crowd pleasing. It makes them a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and and I don't think all comic book movies need to be that. I'm not looking for that from all comic book movies, but I do think with this particular character... It's just, I'm just, I think I'm just done for now with this story. Um, and, and I think that honestly, I think the story is, is done with us for a while. It, it's again, not, not turning into spoiler territory, but it's really interesting to me the way they try. It, it, it felt to me like they were trying very hard to turn this story into a different kind of story. Just like, I guess you could call it a fresh perspective. I don't know what, but there are certain elements of who Batman is as a character Mm -hmm. that this movie just ran away from so hard in the other direction for me, for me. You know, it just felt like, and um, there are people who criticized Man of Steel for the same thing, you know, for, oh, you know, Superman's supposed to be this. This movie doesn't want him to be, you know, what, you know, a boy scout or what he is or at his core or whatever. Um So I, so I, you know, I feel like that happens sometimes, but right. yeah, I just think, you know, Batman, like there's other, there's other heroes at this point. Um, But, but I feel like this might be a movie that, you know, a year or two from now, <laughs> once I, <laughs> once I sort of cleansed myself, you know, my system has been cleansed of Batman Maybe I'll revisit it at some point in the far future, and when it when the character, kind of like you know when you you want to go back to a comic book story that you haven't read in a while, just to like mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like I'll you know I may really really enjoy this movie at some point then you know yeah um so
0: yeah did, I mean did you feel like the story was decent like it was a well crafted story and there was just elements about it you didn't like or was the story just kind of there and it's not that great
1: um. I felt like the story was just kind of there and it's not that great, which surprised me because I really like Matt Reeves. You know what it is too? It could just be, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my forties and um, a lot of the, a lot of the choices felt like kind of trite affectation to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you recognize the source material or the, or the, when you recognize a lot of the um, inspirational material that this movie is drawing from as like, Oh no, that's not something that I've heard of. That's something that I lived through. Like <laughs> right, I, right, right, I right. grew up listening to that band in its heyday, or I remember, you know, seeing that movie in college and and what a big deal it was. And now this movie is sort of drawing from those sources and i'm just like oh but it's not that like it's you know what i mean like it's sort of <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like somebody who you know lived through the the real punk rock scene you know <laughs> the real actual <laughs> punk scene in the 70s and 80s who actually lived that going no, putting some fucking safety pins on your h&m jacket is not fucking punk you know what i mean like they just right, right. It, it, it might still be cool and stylish looking but to that person it's just like all they can see is the artifice mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's that's i think i felt a little bit of that watching this movie and it kind of took, took me out of the movie yeah so yeah it, it's again i'm 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 very happy that people are enjoying this movie. Um, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't. What is, what is the saying? I don't want to yuck someone's
0: yum. Yes, exactly. I don't want to yuck someone's yum. Like if you like it, that's fine. I'm just not interested right now. Like it's yeah. just not in my ability to care right now.
1: But I'm. But I'm annoyed that I don't get to participate in like. <laughs> because like I love DC comics and DC characters and I've been waiting for like, you know, a, just a, a sol- another solid DC movie for so long and I feel like this is it and it, I'm just not the you know, it just missed me.
0: Well, and also, I mean, like cuz cuz my the way it feels, the way it's been marketed in my opinion is that it's very dark and gritty. And yes. I feel like there's so much shit right now. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want dark and gritty people. Yeah. I really don't. Like I want I want, I want inspiring. I wanna feel good. Yeah. I want to 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 get a sense of positivity because it's nowhere else in life.
1: This so, movie is not that. This movie no, is not like, that.
0: And I, I think that's a big part of why I just haven't been able to bring myself to do it. It's like I've been busy, and yeah. so what is my priority? And going to see something that's just dark and brooding is not, is not palpable for me right yeah,
1: now. Yeah, I've I've seen people try to point out on Twitter that no, it does have jokes. There's here and there where it's that no, no, no. no there are no jokes in this movie which i'm not saying is a bad thing like i feel like people get defensive when someone says this movie has no jokes and then people get on twitter and they're like oh my god it totally does it has this joke here and that and i'm like those are not jokes and second of all not having jokes is fine it's not a bad thing like Right, Clint Clint Eastwood's movie, The Unforgiven, doesn't have any jokes. You know, it has a couple times that you kind of laugh, chuckle at at certain character moments, but it's not, you know, they're not comedic moments. And that's okay. That movie's brilliant. Like, saying a movie doesn't have jokes is not a takedown to me,
0: you know? Well, and and you and I are Gen X, so, like, wry sarcasm is not jokes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's weaponized passivity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Um... (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, whenever you do get around to it, I'd be interested in, in, you know, having an in-depth conversation with you because it, it, this movie is not all bad to me. I, you know, it, it, there were a lot of cool moments that I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Batman doing a cool thing or like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a cool choice with that character. But just overall, yeah, I just, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's dark, it's serious, it's sad. <laughs> uh, it is, it is. Yeah. And I think that's appropriate for a Batman movie, you know? Yeah, I, I, and again,
0: I, I'm not I'm not I'm not dogging on like Batman should like I, I if anybody's gonna be dark and brooding, if anyone has permission to be dark and brooding, it's Batman. Absolutely. But I feel like I just don't I just don't feel like it right now.
1: And Joe it's three hours long
0: yeah I can't I can't my life just I can't <laughs> I don't need three I don't need three hours of it's track.
1: three hours I feel like I feel like there maybe was an an avenue for me to really like enjoy this movie if it was like an hour shorter you know I think it's asking yeah, yeah. a lot I think it's asking a lot um but man there's some it's- great performances uh Pattinson is great. Um, I don't like all the choices that they made for his Bruce and his Batman, but just he, he is really good. Um, I totally believed him as, you know, both Bruce Wayne and Batman, um, Zoe Kravitz. Oh my God. She is fucking electric. Like to me, she stole the movie. She, you know, she, she's in a fair amount of it she's not in the whole thing but she every time she was in a scene it was like you could only watch her um yeah she's freaking great um and then everyone else does really good work but i just think you know oh there is i'm not gonna spoil it but there is one person that just i did not and they're they're really being hailed for their performance here in this movie Mm -hmm. and i could not even take them seriously joe It just complete. It to me, it was a crucial character that totally missed for me. So, yeah, I'm not gonna say what, but well, anyway. So, I'd be curious. You know, maybe we can have a non spoilery Discord aside or something.
0: Well, there there is a there is a uh, a small thread in um in Slack that Slack that's what I meant Slack. Yeah, there's a there's already a, I think Katie started it, and okay, cool. um, it was I don't remember how big it got, but it's about ten. It's about ten. It's a, a spoiler thread, so there's about okay. ten replies there. I mean, cool. like it started with um, something like, um, saw Batman. It was meh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> you know, hey, the the more successful comic book movies are out just this, just like comics. Just Mm -hmm. like the comic book industry, there's so many different types of stories for a diverse audience, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. Like, even when a comic book story does not, you know, uh, uh, does not draw me in, I'm happy for it existing and being successful and drawing others in because that just means that the industry is doing better as a whole and that's good for Comic book fans, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I'm not yucking anybody's yum. Like if you loved it, that's awesome. I just, I just am not. I'm not in a place where I can enjoy that kind of right um, material right now.
1: Well, I'm excited that you know we have a comic book movie landscape that has a movie like the Batman that's doing really great, and then has the whole Marvel thing, and that's completely different, and it's right. obviously successful. And then we get to have shows like Peacemaker and WandaVision, which who would have thought? You know, even right. just five years ago. That we would get to have, you know, stuff like that to watch. So I do think we're watching the comic book movie landscape diversify in a really sustainable, like solid way. And that's a good, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, before we move off of Batman, I have to, I have to share a little bit of hidden geekery that I discovered that just made me happy. It's just a, it's just a little thing, but since we're talking about Batman, it kind of relates. I'm going to toss it in here. So um, I've been painting my nails since Christmas. Cool. And, um, and we've been getting most of our nail polish from ILNP. I love nail polish, but it's ILNP.com because they have really fun colors. A lot of stuff is either color change or has a sparkle to it, or it's just like, it's, they're really cool nail polishes. And I had mentioned, Oh, I need to pick up some green cause St. Patrick's day is coming up and, Matt kind of went in on his own and found a couple of greens that he thought um, I might like. And so we got three of them. And the one I chose, I'm sitting there painting. I'm like, this is really cool. It You look at it straight on and it's green. But if you look at it from a an angle, it's purple. Mm. It's very, very cool. And then I was just like, this is a really cool nail polish. And it's really a, a different a different choice. And then I looked at the the name of the nail polish. And it's called Riddle Me This. <laughs> there is no fucking way that this is not supposed to basically be, uh, that this is based or inspired by... Um, the Batman. the Well, by the, the Riddler. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so like this idea of green to purple that like there's nothing geeky about this site. This is just a regular <laughs> nail polish site and I'm like I, see, I whoever you are, I see what you did here. I like yeah. I got it. Like you're it did not go unnoticed by this by this customer.
1: That's so cool. geeks out in the world geekifying everything i love it
0: (laughs) yeah exactly just like you know they're like i'm gonna why are we calling it really this oh don't worry about it it'll make sense to some people
1: (laughs) yeah that's cool that's also also uh you know taking advantage of the the fact that the riddler is a major villain in a major new movie yeah yeah cool i wish Um, i could start i wish i could start painting my nails i can't stop biting them joe well, it helps when you've got them painted because then you don't want to ruin all the work you did to paint them in the first place. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll do. It. I'm I'm waiting to not bite them so they can grow a little bit so I can paint them. And I just nah, just, paint yeah, okay. just paint them first. Yeah, just paint them first. Um, and and I have you ever painted your nails before? Mm, not since like high school.
0: Okay, so so I have learned base coat and then however many coats of nail polish you need, and then two top coats. That apparently is the the recipe for success. You paint them yourselves? Yep.
1: Wow. Okay. Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Shit. I, like, I'm it. people, gonna people keep going, oh your your nails look so good, and I'm like, I honestly I've been doing this for three months. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it can't be that hard if I can do it, and people say, oh those are really nice in three months. <laughs> um, what other stuff did you did you geek out about these last two weeks?
1: Oh, that's about it. To be honest, I, um, uh, yeah, just been busy with work and school, taking it easy outside of that. Um, I'm excited because I've heard you are doing some comic book reading and I'm so jealous. I'm, uh, I, I restarted my Marvel unlimited, uh, subscription and thankfully all my, all my, um, saved like play, not playlists, but like reading lists are all still there. Right, right, right. Um, And now I just got to carve out the time to sit and read comics like you are. I'm I'm really jealous of uh, (laughs) of all the fun you seem to be having doing that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of,
0: I'm kind of forcing myself because I like I get home, Ray. I'm so tired, and it's like (laughs) I I'm trying not to just sit and play on TikTok for hours. I'm trying to like if I'm gonna before I open TikTok, I'm like, all right, can I get through a couple of issues of a comic book, and then. Um, usually that'll keep me going until you know and so then it's I feel like I'm getting at least something out of it Um, Mm -hmm. I started with trying to go with House of M storyline and I just it it wasn't bad but it wasn't what I was I wasn't feeling it like I'm like I want to go back to this when I'm in a better place for that Mm -hmm. So I switched over to Illuminati and I'd read, I've read a lot of the books that I'm reading now I've read them before. So I'm trying to get up to the places where I haven't read. Um, But I know it's going to read into secret wars. And I feel like secret wars is a big um, inspiration for what's going on right now, because it really is like that whole combining of multi, the multiverse into one spot. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on that. Um, I watched a bunch of the gifted last weekend um, I don't know if you remember
1: that TV series. Yeah. Yeah. You've spoken about it before on the podcast, right? Yeah. And I was
0: like, you know what? This really had potential. This wasn't a bad series. Like yeah. I liked that whole like mutants on the run, the resistance movement kind of mm-hmm. series. So I was watching that. I've got through season one. I, I need to get through season two, Um, but it wasn't hard. Like I thought, eh, you know, I might, I might be like, Hmm. It doesn't hold up as
1: much, but no, I really I did enjoy it. Did you mention? I know you've talked about this show before, mm-hmm. but I don't remember you mentioning it. I I it, it's an actual Marvel X Men spinoff. Oh yeah, Polaris is one of the main characters. Right. I don't. I don't remember if I don't know if that's new information to me. If you had mentioned that before, because I guess I was assuming it was you know like. Um, Like Sense8 or something, you know, where it's just like a rift on superheroes and like mutants and stuff, but not actually tied to Marvel. But this is. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, very much so. It's got the it's got the Cuckoo Sisters. It's got um, some like the 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 character that they have as Eclipse was especially be supposed to be Sunspot. Mm. But then they realize that, no, this is supposed to be like we're going to we're going to save him for um, for New Mutants. And then um the other one of the, it's got Blink, it's got Thunderbird. That's right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So they've got some some really like mainstay characters. um Sage. Um the Beautiful Dreamer who's a Morlock, who I think handled they handled really, really well. Um and, and it plays like a really pitiful, whoop, not pitiful, pivotal role in, in the first season. Um, just a, huh. a lot of, yeah, a lot of really cool concepts and adjustments to modernize. Like it's the first, like we're going through all this X-Men stuff. And that's part of the reason why I went and watched it. I watched it after watching X-Men first class. And because um, I was like, I want to see more mutant stuff. And I'm like, you know, this doesn't disappoint, like it could have been handled a little bit better, but it wasn't mm-hmm. bad. It, it was a good, a good starting point.
1: Right, man. There have been a lot. I feel like there has been a lot of attempts to, to adapt X-Men adjacent characters into television shows mm-hmm. and they just never seem to really stick around for that long.
0: Well, you have to. You have to not be afraid. In my opinion, you have to not be afraid to throw big, ma- like they need to do what Disney Plus is doing, where you're mm-hmm. throwing good characters into good plots, as opposed mm-hmm. to just scrounging the edges edges with characters that are okay, but really meant to be supporting characters. And yeah. go, we're going to make them stars because we don't want to waste core x-men characters
1: right right i'm looking at a list now and it's like there was all the way back in in the 90s that was generation x (laughs) which i (laughs) completely stayed away from because that was my favorite comic book at the time and i was like there's no way like just from the promotional material i was like nope not gonna no. do that to myself.
0: No, it's not uh, good at all. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's definitely like it's when you're
0: in the mood to watch a so bad it's good. It it almost makes that. Oh, it's it's almost pal- palpable in that way. But I mean,
1: and then uh, it's like going back and watching Nick Fury. <laughs> oh yeah, David Hasselhoff. Put David Hasselhoff. <laughs> so bad. And then uh, in the early 2000s, there was Mutant X. Did you ever watch that? Yes. Which is totally not brand, like
0: it's it's supposed to be X-Men, but it's totally not branded in a way that's X-Men.
1: Yeah, it, a science fiction television series created under a Marvel Comics license, but with no connection to the Mutant X comic book series. Right. <laughs> and then in 2017, we have both Legion and The Gifted, which I've heard great things about Legion, but it was only around for two seasons and I just, I couldn't take the plunge.
0: Well, and I've heard that you have to like really concentrate on that. Show like I I watched The Gifted in the second screen while I was doing other shit. Like I was not <laughs> like don't don't get me wrong. I was not sitting here with popcorn completely engrossed in The Gifted. Please please do not tr- do that to <laughs> yourself. There are better ways to spend your time. But with Legion, I've heard that if you don't pay like one hundred and ten percent of your attention to the the show, you yeah. will not understand what's going on.
1: And I've heard that it did some really interesting, really innovative stuff for the television uh, storytelling format. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy who, the showrunner, Noah Hawley, basically has gone on to, like, some really cool shit since then. He also did Fargo. Um, I've heard
0: that's really good. I haven't seen it.
1: Right. He also worked on Bones back in the day. Um, Yeah, he's known for, for, you know, making good television shows. That's
0: cool. That's cool. So yeah, so I've been doing that, um, and then one of the things that I have just discovered, and I don't know why I got this burr up my butt, but I was like, I want to find a show, a podcast that is like Jay and Miles explains the X Men, mm-hmm. but but for the the Marvel universe as a whole. That would be great. I found it. It's not. Oh. It's it is not as good. Like it is not Jay and Miles because Jay and Miles are what make it Jay and Miles. Yeah. Um, but there is a podcast out there called my Marvel is here. And apparently it is based on a internet reading group. And what this guy does is he takes like 10 stories from each year. The Marvel comics are um, around and they use that as a way to go through the Marvel universe year by year. And so every episode is either a year's worth of comic books, you know, but these 10 major storylines, or
1: they'll break it up into two 10-story sections. I was looking for it right now, and I'm like, nothing's coming up. Uh, And I searched, my Marvel is here. (laughs) Oh no, My Marvelous Year. (laughs) Right? I just heard that wrong. I was like, Joe's lying. What is this? What's going on? (laughs) It's all a figment of my (laughs) imagination. Oh, I found it. My Marvelous Year. Cool. Subscribing to that. Yeah, one thing that I found... Have you checked the show out yet? How many Uh, many episodes have you listened to? I'm on episode
0: four, I think. Because I listened to their golden age, where they were just kind of like talking about the original human torch namor captain america there might have been one or two other that and they're like you do not have to start at the golden age like we're going to cover the <laughs> golden age as just uh hey you guys have been great to us on patreon um but we're not going to we're not going to go into detail we're starting with um, the tail end of 1961 and 1962, when we've got the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man,
1: Thor, Hulk, and Ant-Man, I think. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, one of the things... <laughs> so, I was going to ask you about this earlier, because you were talking about... You read House of M, and, and you're diving into um, Secret Wars, and everything builds on everything else, right? And so, right. when I was you know, going through my Marvel Unlimited subscription initially... I'm going okay, what are the like major stories? Like I'm not going to sit down and catch up on, you know, 10 years of Spider-Man or whatever, but right, right. What what are the major story arcs that I need to read? The major events that actually, you know, are are well done and recommended. Um and and individual story arcs, you know, what what's what are the, you know, five best X-Men story arcs of the last 10 years? You know what I mean? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um And as I was going through and searching that and then adding those stories to my reading list, holy shit. I mean, it, (laughs) it was so much because I it never stops. It never stops because people are like, you need to read this. And then this sets up this, and then that sets up this. And and I'm just like, holy crap. Like that's a lot of, and I started to feel a little bit overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, so I'll start in 2015, Oh no, wait. I should probably start in 2012. Oh, this story happened in 2010? Okay. Oh, wait. Well, in that case, I should like <laughs> before you know it, you know, you're you're catching up on 20 years of Marvel stories. Um, right, exactly. Well, I guess they
0: said that the the uh, a lot of places want you to start at uh, Avengers
1: Disassembled. Um, let me find out what year that is. I will say while you're looking for that, um, I love Jason Aaron's storytelling style, uh, writing, um, he, uh, he, you know, I checked out Thor just because I heard so many good things about, um, the, the God killer, I think it's called, um, um, arc and. I fucking loved it. And then, you know, finding out that he had done all this other writing, you know, for fantastic four and for Avengers and stuff. Maybe we want to go back and read that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we were kind of off and running from there. You and I reading, um, the the House of X and Powers of X, you know that
0: was really good, and I kind of want to continue on with the the sequels to that. Like, what I want to continue on from there, just because I hear there's like a lot of really good
1: stuff in there. Yeah, um, apparently there's a Scarlet Witch Redemption arc in there, and that's um, that made me realize. Okay, I want to read everything Jonathan Hickman has done as well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so. I'm going back and reading all of that stuff. And actually, I think it was Hickman who wrote Avengers previously. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm mixing those up. Um, but so those are two writers that I also was like, you know, keying in on, right? And it's mm-hmm, like, if, mm-hmm. if, it was a, if it was a recommended story arc in the recent history of Marvel, and it was written by one of those two writers, I'm like, okay, I'm for sure reading that. And it yeah. was just a lot. <laughs> so this podcast was yeah, oh, yeah. great.
0: Well, and um, I mean, they do start in 61. So you're not going to get to this stuff. in. <laughs> for, it's going to take a while. Um, but uh, the, the, a lot of people start saying that if you want to start with modern Marvel, like if you just want an entry and you want to just start working your way through, you should go to Avengers Disassembled, which started in 2004. Wow. Okay. Um, and then when you look at that, it's kind of just like, I think the the beginning of it is... Um, the v- Avengers are sh- are shooketh because um, the Scarlet Witch has um, turned on everybody, and these uh, these Avengers have died, and that's like the little s- splash page at the beginning of of the comic. and you're like, well, why are you starting me here? I want to read about that? <laughs> yeah, And then you try and go back and it is exactly what you said. It's just like I don't I don't even know where to start. So you kind of just have to go, oh, all right, I know this happened. I'm just gonna push forward. And, um, and then I didn't even do that. I was like Illuminati reading order and I found one and I, it's like, it's still a shitload of comic books, Yeah, but it's a lot more manageable than, um, than trying to just like start and work your way from 2004. Cause there's just no way.
1: This is taking me back to like my days of, of reading a a full pull list, like every month. And right? just that feeling of like reading, like like starting a new arc in your in your you know one of your regular monthly titles, and seeing those little editor notes, you know, with the asterisk saying, "Oh, this happened back in," and like knowing what they're talking about and going like, "Oh yeah," like that was so satisfying to like <laughs> yeah, to be like I'm not a casual editor; I know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been with <laughs> this title for a while. <laughs>
0: Although uh, that, like, again, I was, uh, I think in the early 2000s is when I kind of jumped ship and was like, I can't do X-Men anymore, mm-hmm. because it was like every year they changed writers and then dropped Ugh. all the storylines and just
1: created all new ones. And it's like, you
0: don't finish anything.
1: Yeah, I remember those days. I was reading X-Men during those days. And, and like there was times where. It was just so heartbreaking because you you saw the potential in the stories, and then all of a sudden, you know, like Joe Kelly's X Men run did not last very long at all. And it was good. It was it was not like crazy earth shattering, but it was just fun and good. And then boom, it's gone. Um, Joe Casey too. Um, was writing mm-hmm. X Men for around that time and only wrote it for got to write it for a little bit. Yeah, that stuff was it was frustrating for sure.
0: Well, and everybody wanted to bring in their own, like they wanted to create their own X Men. It's like, do you realize how many X Men characters are out there? You can't find a character that fits your storytelling mm-hmm. and put them in. And I mean, it's not like, well, we want a diverse cast of characters, and so we need to add more diversity. It's like, oh, you've got a lot of diversity as the X Men. <laughs> yeah. Like I like this is one area where you cannot claim, well I just want like it's like no, you know, the characters are there.
1: You just gotta write yeah, them. Yeah. You just
0: gotta write them. And it's like, no, I wanna create my own I want to create Maggot because that's gonna be a great compelling character. <laughs> oh my god i hate that- i hate read that episode that issue so hard i like if it wasn't for the fact that that's also when they i think they introduced uh, cecilia reyes and i thought she was a genuinely well-written character but she's standing there next to maggot and i'm like this is stupid
1: this is dumb yeah that was that was the success of joe moderera i think that's how you pronounce his name um and the fact that Anime and manga was like making a huge splash at the time. And Joe Mad, you know, had this like really manga influenced comic book drawing style. He was the most popular artist in comics at the time. And Marvel has a tendency to regret (laughs) when they just turn things over to the artists and go, go ahead. What do you want to do? We'll, we'll make it work. What do you want? And you know, he wanted to, <laughs> he had this character that he created for the X-Men and, and the writing had to sort of fit into that. And I, and I feel like every time Marvel has done that, they've come to regret it. Um, yeah. and I, and I, you know, I think they, they finally realized that it's to stop doing that at some point, but yeah. yeah oh my God. Maggot. So bad. Remember? Do you remember? I don't know how long you stuck with with the comics that featured that character, but do you remember how much that character changed? Because after Joe Mad left the X Men to go start Battle Chasers at Image, oh God, I this is taking me back. I have so much unnecessary knowledge around this stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, they couldn't. Other artists had to now draw this character that really made no sense. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is, unless Joe Mad was drawing the character. Uh, and even then it didn't really make sense, but his style sort of, like, overwhelmed that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that character got, like, it, he went from being seven foot tall, like, bodybuilder to being this, like skinny sort of like wayfish dude from South Africa with like, you know, like they kept trying to figure out his powers and change them around. And just, he looks so different for the next two years until they finally said, let's just make him a you know, in background. Like he leaves the school for whatever reason.
0: Yeah. We don't, we don't need this character anymore. Like he's just not <laughs> like he was, he was a mistake. And that was also the, that was, those were also the years of everybody had hands that were like, the size of their thighs. Like (laughs) the hands were so ridiculously big back then. Yeah. Like so like, (laughs) it's like your finger is as long as my forearm. I don't understand.
1: Yeah. It'd be interesting to go back and uh, talk about some of those old issues. People are, people are always split on, on Scott Lobdell and his, his writing as well. He had a particular, (laughs) <laughs> voice. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that was when Marrow became like a, a main team member as well, right? Yeah, because like, that was still that was still recovering
0: from the nineties gritty patch uh, mm-hmm. or um pouch uh fiascos. And so it was like Mara and Cecilia Reyes, Maggot. I'm yeah. sure Wolverine was on there because he's on every friggin' X team. Yeah. And then um they had like a new Thunderbird who was um who was South Asian. Oh, which has other, other, other creators have taken him and made him more interesting over the years. I've seen little Mm -hmm. bits of him. He's usually like (laughs) something that happened when they were decided that we're going to have a bazillion D X-Men teams is that they would be like, there'd be this big world. Like always there's this world attacking force that's like coming at them from all angles and so they're all all in different countries fighting the same menace so that you could like have them call to the different teams and say how's it going over there and then this character like that that you've seen once in the last three years goes oh it's doing great we're 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 fine over here yeah just keep like it's just ridiculous
1: yeah i remember too too many x-men Gambit had a moment around that time as well, where they finally told the story of like the secret that he was hiding the whole time about what, you know, his part in, in Sabretooth, you know, massacring the, the, the Morlocks and stuff. Um, and then he was like excommunicated from the team. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like all these writers were really doing their best Claremont impression. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I think, and, and
1: and I think, to some to some degree, you know that that's going to set you up to fail, or at least make your job a lot harder. It feels like since reading, you know, House of X, Powers of X, and and some other cool X Men stories, when the writer just says, "Hey." That was great. Claremont is great. I'm not going to try to do that. I'm going to do my own thing is when they seem to have the most success now. Right, right, exactly. Well, and the whole
0: the whole Gambit debacle. Spoilers if you don't want to know the history of Gambit. <laughs> um, like so Gambit was supposed to be the traitor to the X-Men. This I am bringing this up because this is how <laughs> this is how Ray and I met.
1: Seriously. Um I just love so, the passion in your voice right now. <laughs> oh,
0: I so hated it with every ounce of my being. <laughs> Um, so, so Gambit was brought in and he was going to be a traitor to the X-Men. And so they had this whole line It was kind of covered in the, um, in the cartoon where Bishop comes back from the future yep. to kill Gambit because Gambit betrays the X-Men. And there was this like little clip from the future of Jean Grey going, we never expected it's." And so they knew there was a traitor, but they didn't know who it was. And everybody thought it was Gambit. And so. But without proof, they were like, "No, you can't. You can't kill him without proof. We're not going to let you do this." So you know, he just kind of like they they brooded at each other for several years. (laughs) And the reason why they didn't want to make Gambit the traitor is because he got so popular and everybody loved him that they didn't want to. They didn't want to disappoint people. Uh, So what do they do? They have, and I am not. I am not making this shit up. At some point. Charles Xavier had mind wiped Magneto, but Magneto's consciousness is so strong that it lived in Charles Xavier for decades. And so at some point he has a psychotic break and becomes Onslaught, this combination of Xavier and Magneto. And it was so stupid. It was (laughs) so stupid. It was just dumb. And then I had... I had an Onslaught poster in my room, partly because I kind of like it was just all my favorite characters pounding yeah. on him. It was a cool and so poster. I was, yeah. It was a cool poster, even though I absolutely hated Onslaught. And the Scarlet Witch was on it and you very rarely back then got anything with the Scarlet Witch on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm putting this up in my room. <laughs> and Ray walks in one day to sub for me and goes
1: is that onslaught? <laughs> like, oh, don't get me started. Like, why do you have an onslaught? Like, I was ready. I was ready to bury you in like what? Like, you really? You like onslaught? Oh god, let's have an argument right now. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He like he came at me. <laughs> you totally came at me, and I was like, I hate that series,
0: but I like this character, this character, this character. It's kind of a cool poster. And you're like, <laughs>
1: Oh, (laughs) okay. You know your shit. We can be friends. (laughs) (laughs) I passed that test. That's funny. Oh God. Well, it's funny how everything leads back to the X-Men because we're about to talk about a couple of X-Men movies. Um, Yeah. We went back and watched. So uh, I'm excited for this. Curious about Uh, what you have to say.
0: All right. So let's take a quick break and, um, and then we'll be back. And we're back, and we are continuing our rewatch of the X-Men
1: movies.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Any any beginning thoughts, Ray, on the
1: I have a lot of thoughts, Joe. I have a lot of thoughts. So X-Men First Class and The Wolverine were, uh-huh. were, were up were for, this, for this podcast. Um, X-Men First Class is my favorite of the Fox X-Men movies. Uh, which is not saying a lot, but, um, you know, I thought X2, X-Men First Class, they were like both, you know, neck and neck. Um, and, uh, and then the Wolverine, I just remember hating, not, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess I should say, yeah, hate's hate the strong word, but I, the memory attached to the Wolverine in my head was just, ugh, like, fuck that movie. So, mm-hmm. couple things. One, X Men: First Class, I still enjoy, but uh, not. I don't know. I, I'm I'm watching it, going, Why did I love this movie? Like, it's not a bad right? movie. Okay, so, so it's not just I... me. I did the <laughs> same
0: thing. I'm like, I was really excited about this. Um, it's not
1: bad. I just don't
0: like it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, uh, I think at the time, the context is important. Yeah. And I think that we were so let down by X3 and X-Men Orig- and Origins Wolverine mm-hmm. that there was just times were bleak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think we, it, we were desperate for the injection of just energy and fun and a new perspective that Matthew Vaughn brought with X-Men First Class. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a feeling of oh my god, X Men can still be good. Like we can right. still, you know, at the time we didn't have all the Marvel stuff going on, so it wasn't like um, the idea of a multiverse or the idea of these characters can it can survive multiple iterations. Right, right. In the in the public's eye, we really thought. I think at the at the time there was still this idea that we got one shot at these characters. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do them right, it's it's a tragedy. And X-Men First Class was, I think, an early, early evidence of, oh, okay, they're still salvageable. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a relief.
0: But I also think that it was like, oh, we don't care what we do with them now because we can always redo them later. Which I think is part of the problem that we get moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, since then, yeah, I think so. But at the time, it just... I was desperate for a non-singer take on the X-Men. Oh, at the time we
0: were so ecstatic because like they they fixed it. They've saved the franchise. We can we can get X-Men movies
1: again. And they definitely leaned into the comic booky stuff that Singer's X-Men, you know, avoided at all costs. Right. Like the, when like f- the uniforms.
0: Yeah, like the uniforms when we found out that they were going to um make each subsequent movie a different decade with a different aesthetic. It was like Oh, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely, I mean, it's a stretch, but I do think there can, there's a good version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's also such an unnecessary, like, why, why would you impose that? Why would you impose aging 10 years on your character? Like, that doesn't make any sense in the long run. Right. Right. You know, if we want to grow with these characters, because I think, you know, characters like Cyclops and Jean Grey and, you know, uh, beast they there's more there yes there's a lot of X-Men characters to cover but there's more to these characters than a single movie's worth of story so right. why would you you know within two or three movies that they're aged out like the 30, 30 years have passed you know what I mean <laughs> but they, just- but I think I think they like
0: they took the and I'm not I'm not at all defending I'm like <laughs> at, I'm just looking at what I think they were trying to do like there is this timelessness of comics Mm -hmm. where they do stretch over decades and nobody Mm -hmm. changes, nobody ages. And so I think they were just kind of capitalizing this idea that you can have multiple aesthetics to it, multiple decades worth of, uh, you know, and and kind of bring that flavor that kind of evolved with the X, because the 80s X-Men very much is 80s X-Men. We have Dazzler, like it is very much an 80s aesthetic. And so to get those little tastes of that, I thought was pretty cool.
1: Probably at the time as well, there wasn't this idea that you could get 23 movies out of, like, a franchise, you know? So they were like, hey, sure, every decade, at best, we're going to get four movies, five movies. Like, cool, that's a lot. And now you're like, oh, shit, Marvel can actually, you know, pull off the Infinity War saga. Yeah, like pace yourself, guys. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So so what, tell me, what was it that you remembered – or or not, No, we, we did that. What what were your feelings while watching this movie? Like what what were the revelations that you were not expecting, or the feelings you were not
0: expecting? I re- I remember the I remembered all of my dislikes and none of my likes. <laughs> like that was what that was what it was. It was really going through and going, oh, the Hellfire Club's really kind of sad. Like Emma <laughs> Frost has no bite to her. Um, yeah, what a Seb- mess. Oh. Yeah, a huge missed opportunity. Sebastian uh, Shaw was um, like really overpowered and to no good. And then also, like I just like I couldn't get over the fact that it was Kevin Bacon. Like I just couldn't. <laughs> like it I, just, it, like he's not
1: Bacon.
0: Oh, I do too, but he's just not Sebastian Shaw. Like it just was. It was a miscast for me.
1: Huh, um. Okay. Uh. while well, do you disagree? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's a version of Shaw, you know, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. it worked for me because I thought Kevin Bacon was like enough of a quote unquote star that it it felt like strong casting, but Kevin, but, but to me anyway, I didn't feel like I was watching Kevin Bacon. No, he did a very good. Like, I'm not going
0: to say that he didn't do a good job. Um, he like because I again, there's there's that problem of the actor just playing themselves. And he did right. not do that. Like, there was right. a performance there, but I just, I see, I see. Um, Shaw's being a little bit more swarmy than they played it. And a little mm-hmm. bit more like, like this guy, like Kevin Bacon had the confidence and had the bravado, but he didn't have the, the evil. Like you yeah. didn't have, like, this is a guy who in the comic books designs the sentinels so that they'll go after mutants and then leaves his mutant genetic code invisible to the Sentinels so that they can't go after him. Like mm-hmm. you're literally selling out your entire race of people yeah. for a buck. Like, And I didn't get that
1: feeling. Yeah, I definitely felt at the time just out of my mind ecstatic to be seeing the Hellfire Club on screen. Right, yeah. And now I'm like, oh man, the Hellfire Club is – it deserves more.
0: <laughs> so deserves more. Um, so there was that. I didn't love the. I didn't love the rest of the Hellfire Club. Like no. Azazel, Azazel made no sense to me. <laughs> um, and and okay, so as I was watching the battle scene where he's they're, they're attacking the compound, and Azazel's go-to move is to teleport, grab the guy, teleport into the sky, and drop him. Mm -hmm. And he does that like 60 times. (laughs) You can't do that after you give us an X2 Nightcrawler. (laughs) Like X2 Nightcrawler did all this cool shit. And this is the
1: way you're using this character's powers? Counterpoint. Okay. I thought that was a cool, unexpected way to show what Nightcrawler could do but doesn't that was to me a very brutal like in your face kind of like holy shit somebody with that simple of a power could do something if they chose to if they had no morals about it whatsoever and were just really Mm -hmm. evil that's a horrific thing to do to someone let alone like 60 people oh yeah (laughs) no i get i get the scope of the, the like how
0: awful that is but again, like that's really his only go to move. We mm. don't see that evolve through the rest of the the movie. Like we don't see when he's actually fighting people with powers him try something different.
1: Uh we do at the end when he's fighting Beast and uh, and uh is it Banshee or Havoc? We see we see him using his you know, kind of like disappearing and punching, don't we?
0: I think we do very very little because remember the beast the way he he beats him is that he basically digs his claws in and he's like if I go you go right right and so it becomes this um, because that's what he does he's gonna he's gonna teleport him up and then drop him yeah and and that's his go to move and it's like we've got so like we when we covered X two we were just so excited about the the opening scene with Nightcrawler yeah. that this movie comes after that so I feel like. Yes, you can do that to, to for the shock value, especially because they're they're sitting there and all of a sudden they hear this, you know, the bamf and then the thump.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very eerie
0: thing. Yeah, but then yeah. when you're actually fighting the beast, I want to see that nightcrawler shit that we saw next two.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he uses his tail a little bit. He does some like sword shit, but not a whole. There's not a whole lot of that from that character. No,
0: no. So and oh, go ahead. Riptide and Riptide was kind of interesting, but again, why are we using if we're going to use if we're going to use Marauders, let's make a Marauders let's, like that's an amazing storyline. Why? Why are you using Marauders
1: for this? It just doesn't make sense to me. So this is a major point that I wanted to discuss with you. And of course, as always, we're on the same wavelength here. What it, it felt to me like this is still the era of just choosing mutants with no rhyme or reason as Mm -hmm. to why you're featuring, choosing to feature these particular mutants in your story. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like they're rather than taking advantage of the source material and going, what are these mutants? uh, What are they doing in these stories? Why are they connected to these specific story arcs and how can we bring that to the screen for the fans? It felt like to me like they were going, okay, we've seen that power already. What's a power we haven't seen? Oh, let's just use that mutant. Okay, what would be what would look right. cool on camera? Oh, that, okay, cool. Like, it just yeah. felt like they were just completely disregarding the context, uh, you know, in in the comics in which we got these characters. And that right, really exactly. these that that's the number one thing to me that these that this movie suffered from. It's like oh, uh-
0: yeah, and when and when we get to and we we get to Dark Phoenix and they do that with Celine, I just like, I, I I'm telling you, I went back and listened to our episode on Dark Phoenix, and your reaction when I told you who that character was was priceless. <laughs> and I can listen to that over and over again because you were, <laughs> like, I, I fed on your anger. It was wonderful
1: because <laughs> I had no idea. You just you had no like drop yeah. dropped that I, bomb on me. <laughs> It was a horrible, cruel thing to do, but it had to be done. So yeah, looking at the lineup of the first class X-Men, okay? Uh Uh-huh. We have obviously we have Professor X and Magneto. And to me, this is the number one best thing about this movie is the casting of Professor young Professor X and young Magneto. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Just we're so lucky to get these actors playing these characters. Um, And I think that's the number one saving grace of this film Um, beyond that though. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Is it as Mystique? Mm -hmm. Right. So right away, why is Mystique such a big deal (laughs) in, in this story? Um, And I can see, you know, Oh, it can't just be a bunch of dudes. Yes, absolutely. Um, How do we make that choice make sense for Mm -hmm. this movie? Um, I think they cast Jennifer Lawrence Right before she hit big And then they realized That they had to give her a larger role in the movie As they were making it Um, Banshee Mm Mmm I get that Bans- Banshee. Banshee is an elder statesman, kind of in the X Men stories, right? Is yeah, Bans- Banshee
0: worked for me because he was of the era. Like when they yes. formed this, when they formed the the new X Men, he's part of the new X Men, and he's older. He's an old Google yes. cop. Yes. Uh, he's known Xavier for years. It makes sense. Like especially yes. uh, especially if you were going to, and they never did, play up the Mora, Moira mm-hmm. Banshee. Mm-hmm. connection
1: because they end mm-hmm. up dating for decades mm-hmm. <laughs> decades yeah. but also banshee's irish in the fucking c- comics mm, yes they, they like i don't know if they tried to do that <laughs> but they
0: just got um like he had marbles in his mouth like that was his solution to <laughs> so, which makes no sense because your entire power is based on you screaming in your voice
1: like <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> really yeah. But no, that I did I did think that Banshee made sense. I remember reading the X-Men comics, and anytime Banshee would come up, it felt like he was someone like who had just been around longer. Mm-hmm. Um Havoc, I always thought of Havoc as Scott's younger brother. I guess he's yes, older brother. No, okay, well, so- I guess this and this, I don't even know if they're related, but
0: I love the way they handled his powers. Yes. I hated the fact that he was in this movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, we get Darwin, which is, I think, maybe the single worst thing about this movie is the fact that they choose a character that his whole power set is that he cannot die. <laughs> and then they fucking kill him. What? Like, what? <laughs> they kill him beyond the fact that he's the only black character on the team. Then they kill him to motivate the rest of the team to like become a team. It's just they oh. kill they kill him using a power that Shaw does not have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is he? How? What is he doing to
1: him? He should yeah. punch him. That is his power. His power is to get really strong and punch things. And and then I totally forgot that Zoe Kravitz was in this movie. I knew that Angel, this this bug character was in the movie, but I f- totally forgot that she was played by Zoe Kravitz. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know this character from the comics unless, unless this character is from the Grant Morrison run, in which case I kind of recognize her.
0: She, they, they did this and I don't remember why. And it was a right about where I was like, I'm kind of done with X-Men. They did this whole thing where there was a character named Beak who just looked like a bird. Mm-hmm. Like he has no powers. He just looks like a bird. And he, and he has, um, uh, teenage sex with angel and they have a bunch of bug bird babies. What? And yeah, no, this is a thing. And it was like, I'm like, I am not loving this storyline at all. I don't care about these characters. Why am I reading this? And who thought that this was compelling comic book material? <laughs> it's awful. And so I, I was like, all right, well, at least this is a more interesting
1: take on the character, but why is she here? So, this is a character from the comics, and her name is Angel? Yes. And
0: because her regular name is Angel. Like, like, she has no mutant code name. Her name is Angel. Salvador. Salvador.
1: Okay, I saw it. Um,. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is the character written by or created by Grant Morrison that I remember. Um, So it just, look, they look at the team that they're building for X-Men first class. They're like, as per usual, it's a bunch of white kids. We have to, you know, bring some diversity and representation because, you know, back in the day, the X-Men were obviously not concerned with reflecting, you know, true reality of our society and so they introduce or they they make sure to include these two black characters into this this team and then one of them dies and the other one turns evil and the the team we get at the end is just a bunch of white kids so so here's a here's
0: a question that i don't think is fair to ask you but i'm going to ask you anyway who would you have put on this
1: team like, I would keep Banshee, but who else would you put on this team? So I do feel like if you go, and you know the comics better than I do, but I do feel like if you go through the X-Men comics, every now and then, there there is a character, a quote unquote new character introduced by Claremont that mm-hmm. clearly already has some unseen history with the team or with Professor X. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Every now and then we do get a character like that where it's like, oh, this is an old friend or, oh, yes, you know, they were, you know, one of the original students of the this. We just never saw that. Mm-hmm. How cool would it have been to do your fucking research? Yes. <laughs> go pour through the X-Men comics to find those characters and give us them as the first class team. Right.
0: Or give us give us and I haven't read I haven't read this seri- this storyline, but there was supposedly a new before before the Giant Size X-Men were put together. To mm-hmm. go rescue the original team from Krakoa. Mm-hmm. There was another team that was sent. And it was Scott and I think four or five other characters, one of which was Darwin. And then they all die. Use them. <laughs> yeah, that would be fucking awesome. Use them because the whole point was, and then like in the story, he he wipes Scott's memory of them completely, mm-hmm. and then it comes back to bite them in the ass later. Because that's usually what happens when Professor X wipes somebody's memory; it comes right. to bite them later. Right. Um, but yeah, I I feel like there were other options that they could have. Like one hundred and fifty percent behind Banshee. Thought fun character well used i am i am in the rest of the team i'm like uh, well we've already established beast beast is an old friend and older than the rest of the mutants yes all right so i'll I'll get
1: behind that one but give me something better yeah i think banshee also fits in that yeah you know um but yeah so that would have been cool um it just that was the, that was what I kept thinking watching this movie last week is just, oh, they they there has to be more care with how they choose these mutants going forward. And you know okay. the MCU is gonna do that. Um, but it just does seem totally random. Uh I kind of like the way they tie the climax of the movie into the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's kinda cool. Yeah. Um the whole, you know, scene on the beach, I think at the end is cool because it 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 really turns Magneto into Magneto fully, although he's already kind of on that road. Um, It it sets up the whole, you know, dichotomy there. Um, Mm -hmm. I like the whole, I I just, you know, I don't know, Mystique's importance just really keeps like taking me out of this story where she's giving speeches at the end and stuff and she doesn't even talk later. What? I just (laughs) don't, I just
0: don't, I just don't think she's the right, character to make like there's plenty of other mutants that don't look normal that they could have pulled from and even Mm -hmm. if you don't want to go all the way into the back burners pull pull out Morrow pull out um other characters that are just like grotesque looking and actually give them a reason to you know because as mutants go Mystique is not bad looking no Odd looking, yes, but I mean like you if you want to if you want to like push the whole you don't understand, you don't get it, then give me give me one of our more grotesque mutants. Like yeah. why her? She can I guess because she can look like anything so it's the whole idea of she's hiding by using her powers. But I feel there's other ways you can do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I loved the idea that um and I don't know how you feel about this uh because it's not Anything part of his, you know, original characterization in the comics, but um, the way um, Shaw has this helmet that was provided to him by the Russians to to help protect him from like telepaths. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's where Magneto gets his helmet from. And then that last shot at the end of him going full Magneto in the, in the original red and purple costume. I, I love all that shit.
0: Yeah, um, and I liked the idea, and I was so excited about the idea of, even though I thought she was a little too vanilla for the the character, the mm-hmm. idea of having Emma Frost as a contemporary of Xavier's, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, are we going to get a rival school? And is that how we're going to get the new mutants? Like, I was so excited back then. There was yeah. so much potential from this.
1: Yeah, Emma, Emma Frost, I think, is the biggest miss in terms of the importance of a character and just like, <laughs> just really missing the mark with, mm-hmm. with, she didn't do anything in the whole movie. Um, I feel like Forge is another one of those characters that's older and then has been around for a while. And oh yeah. Could have been right. Yeah. Forge a would be great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I guess it would have been cool if we were redoing this movie instead of being like, Oh, we're going to go out and form a team. To me, that should be the first X-Men team that should be Cyclops, you know, the, the teenagers, uh, mm-hmm. uh the teen, teen Cyclops, Jean gray beast, you know, Iceman, that should be the first intentional team that Xavier recruits after his split with Magneto. Right. 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 But this should have been more an incidental team. Like just what? sort of a, uh, uh, you know, they just, they come together for various reasons. They're, they're in danger, you know, and, and they just, because they have to, because they have no choice, they're put in a position at the end of the film where they have to come together as a team and help each other out. And then Xavier sees the importance and the necessity of a team of mutants. And that's mm-hmm. why he chooses to put it together. Yeah. That would have been a better way to go. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I like I wanted to. I was excited about watching this one. I was like, and mm-hmm. and I and it wasn't terrible because it made me want to go back and watch like The Gifted and yeah. other stuff because I was like, okay, there's you know it is fun to see these characters use their powers. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I will I will forgive a lot if you give me cool characters using their powers in fun ways. And they 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 were able to do that. I think especially with Havoc and Banshee, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but but I it just wasn't as good as I remembered it being and I was disappointed
1: yeah yeah it also would have been cool to maybe see a couple of mutants that they you know because it's Xavier and magneto in this story so if they're both recruit like not recruiting but but bringing mutants into the fold for whatever reason mm-hmm. and then you know some of them are the ones that end up we we know them as villains now but you know, I guess they did that with Mystique. I don't know, just Mystique's whole characterization in this movie, just from the, even from the beginning where they, she meets Charles as kids and they grow up together. What the fuck? Like. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a huge stretch for that character.
0: Like that character. And, the, and that's the thing. The character doesn't need that. The right. character doesn't need that at all. Cause she has such a great backstory and history and it's it's almost as convoluted and mysterious as as Wolverine's like it's not mm-hmm. like the the less that they can define mystique the mm-hmm. better because mm-hmm. that's it's in her freaking name <laughs> yeah
1: uh and we should get a proper hellfire club as well,
0: we should get a proper hero. and they should not all be mutants because that's not the point of the Hellfire Club, right? Exactly. Like, there are mutants on it, but there's a cyborg. There's um, you know, they they put um sorcerers on there at some point. Mm-hmm. Just regular humans, like mm-hmm. they're like it's a very diverse. Like it's not about it's not really about mutant rights. It's about power and money.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you know, um. Still, still a fun watch, but yeah, I was kind of bummed as well that I didn't, you know, I, it, it didn't age that great for me.
0: No, uh, um, I'm going to really quickly just just do some highlights on Lyle's feedback. I I, I was talking oh, yeah. to him this I was talking to him this morning, and I have to say, I was like, dude, you seem to really be, <laughs> you really do not like these movies. And he's like, <laughs> I'm enjoying the experience, and I'm like, are you? Um, but, uh, you know, he, he says he's, he's likes looking at them in a different way than just as entertainment when he first starts, when he first watches them. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he does not know that he can join us on dark Phoenix cause it was just so bad. <laughs> but, um, some of the thing, some of the little highlights of what he sent with us was my fast members, fast benders. Eric is <laughs> just excellent. Um, truly the highlight of the tr- the film, the look of rage, pain, single-mindedness is so evocative. I I, I agree. It's such so well-casted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I could just watch – I wish they had done a Magneto movie with Fassbender because I, I think it would have been fun to watch. Um, we, we do not like Charles Xavier. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that we do not, and I understand. Uh, Eric proves to be smart, resourceful, and ruthless in his hunt hook him up with hellboy and let him go to town. <laughs> uh forgot that initially framed the hellfire club as a communist hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like there was some there were some cool ideas in this movie they just missed.
1: Well, you know part of the reason I think that this this movie felt like a bunch of cobbled together ideas is because it was, you know, it, it started with the original plan was after the, you know, according to Fox, after the massive success that they anticipated off of X-Men Origins Wolverine, right? <laughs> the next thing they were going to do with that series was going to be X-Men Origins Magneto. Mm-hmm. And when Wolverine went the way it went, they said, okay, we're not making Magneto, <laughs> but Let's, you know, how, how can we take some of the ideas from this script and use them going forward? And that's why we got the, the portion of this movie in, in X-Men first class. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, kind of two or three ideas for movies all put together. And, uh, you just can't make movies like that anymore, especially not comic book movies.
0: No, no. And again, I think we're looking at it from a 2022 perspective. Mm -hmm. Back then, I think we probably enjoyed it more because, again, we had just come off of things that we did not like. And um, I think, Ray, (laughs) Ray, we are going to – I think we are going to struggle with Age of Apocalypse a lot more than we think we are. Oh, God. Because I remember in our review of that, we said it came – I think it came right after Chester. No, it came right after Batman versus Superman. Mm. And it was like any superhero movie is going to do better than, you know, when it comes out right after Batman versus Superman. Oh God. Um, I think when we actually sit down and watch it in the way we're watching these now, we're going to be like, Oh God, this may, may go farther down on the list than it already was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting, we're, we're getting a good one next episode. We're getting X-Men days of future past and Deadpool. So that's going to be fun. So
0: excited. Yes.
1: And when we do have to watch apocalypse, it's going to be balanced out by Logan. So I can't wait to watch those. Uh, to watch
0: yeah. That. That'll, that'll help. And I remember, I do. I,
1: I when it was so low expectations and apocalypse that I was kind of like okay I'll have fun with it it's it's fine that's the '80s one right yep okay yeah there's some good stuff in there all right yeah um all right so you you barely managed to catch up with the Wolverine I watched it this morning and I <laughs> I am not gonna lie I
0: was doing other shit because. <laughs> I just had no, I I felt the way I felt about it the first time I watched it, which is like, I just don't care. Like, I, I where to start? Do you want to start or do you want me to just go full throttle into this?
1: So the first time around, I, this, I was highly anticipating this movie. Mm-hmm. Highly. Because. I was shocked, first of all, that they were even making another Wolverine movie. Right, <laughs> after right. X-Men Origins Wolverine. I tried, Joe, I did some research and I was like, how did this movie even get made? Like what? And and I couldn't really find what I was looking for because apparently X-Men Origins Wolverine still made a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. So I guess to Fox it was a no-brainer to get. Like I'm looking at this again with like 20, you know, literally 2020 vision, right? Where mm-hmm. I'm going, oh my god, X Men Origins Wolverine was so bad, I can't believe this got made. Whereas back then it was like, cool, let's keep cranking these out. <laughs> <laughs> like who cares if people talk shit about them because they're making us a shitload of money. So right. So at the time, I remember being one shocked that they were making this, but two really, really excited to be getting a, a Wolverine movie set in Japan. Mm-hmm. okay, And directed by James Mangold. And I have to believe maybe I'm, I'm way off, but him joining forces with Hugh Jackman, I think might've been a big push to like get this movie made because James Mangold's a good director. Mm -hmm. And he's been around for a while. He's made some really serious dramatic movies that are really good, like Copland, Girl Interrupted. Um, He made Kate and Leopold, but we'll just ignore that. Um, (laughs) He made Walk the Line, which I love, the the Johnny Cash biopic. He Mm -hmm. made 310 to Yuma with uh, Russell Crowe and and Christian Bale, which is a great Western. Um, He actually made a really fun Um, Tom Cruise movie that I think gets a lot of undeserved hate night and day. Um, but yeah, so hearing that he was doing the Wolverine with Hugh Jackman, who he had already worked with before, I was stoked for this movie. I love Wolverine in Japan, Wolverine versus ninjas. I was like, fuck yeah, man, all in let's do this. (laughs) And, and yeah, so that, that was me at the time.
0: Yeah, I would. I would. Agree. I. I was the opposite because we've already had this discussion. I am pirates. You are ninjas. So, um, <laughs> ninjas have very rarely done anything for me, and so I went into this after watching, um, first class, just kind of hoping it would be better than I expected, and because everything else was so bad. I remember leaving the theater, going, "Wow, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be." Okay. And then I watched this, and I was like, "No, it's not." <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and I, I mean, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? What you 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 watched First Class originally, and you said that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Well,
0: I watched I watched First Class, and I and I was excited that they were kind of rebooting everything, and we were going to continue to get X Men movies. Okay. And so I had uh, so I went into Wolverine with low expectations, but hope that it was going to be okay. Okay. And I was like, "Oh, that's a lot better than I thought it was going to be." So okay, we're you know, and I don't I don't like ninjas, so you know, they kept me entertained for the two hours. Um, now watching it this morning, I'm like, it just it, I I just don't care. Like it was not a compelling story to me.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um. Well, rewatching it for me, um, I realized <laughs> quickly why it was that that this movie has so much hate in my memory <laughs> that I, <laughs> that I went from being so stoked about it that it's just I, I really didn't remember the story that much I just remembered fuck that movie um and and honestly Joe I think that this movie is is a very it, it's it's so close to to hitting the mark okay. And I think that's almost worse than just, you know, X Men Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix. <laughs> like, so, but- so what? So what? What did it? Where did it miss? That it was like on target but missed the mark. Oh, the whole third act, and and the whole the feeling that I, I it this is this movie felt to me like like mangled and Jackman wanted to make a certain type. They want to tell certain types of wolverine stories and -hmm. it feels like they really care about the character and they can bring a lot of the the gravitas from the comics to the the films and it it feels like fox just not letting them do that yet Mm -hmm. It, it feels like the the whole opening sequence to me is fucking awesome um logan a prisoner of war in a Japanese uh, uh, camp uh, during World War II, um, the atomic bomb, um, Logan saving the 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 you know the altruistic Japanese officer that's that's freeing the the prisoners of war rather than killing them. Like he actually stops one of the other Japanese guards from just shooting them all, and he actually mm-hmm. lets them try to run, you know, for their lives. And then Logan is like. In in solitary, and he's like, dude, it's it doesn't matter. Like, everyone's fucking dying. <laughs> like, I know right, what's right, about right. to happen. Everyone's gonna fucking die. And then um Logan stops him from killing himself uh in the like traditional ritualistic way and saves him by kind of sacrificing himself. But you know, we know Logan's gonna gonna survive because of his healing factor. We see a we see we watch Wolverine survive an atomic bomb in right. World War II. It's so fucking cool. Like to me yeah. the, the and the idea that like how are they going to justify because you know in the 80s Frank Miller just had a boner for like Japanese culture. He was like fetishizing Japanese culture. This is how we get a lot of these like, you know, Wolverine in Japan stories. Um, uh-huh. whatever fine they become classics, you know, for you know no matter what their problematic origins are. I thought this was a brilliant way to sort of put Wolverine in this world you know Mm -hmm. and then this guy that he saved comes back years later and you know is dying and wants to pay his respects or wants to say thank you to wolverine and but he has of course we learned that he has all these ulterior motives um just yes i'm after the first 10 minutes of this movie i'm fucking all in let's do this um and then we pick up with wolverine post x3 post having to kill gene as dark Phoenix post, you know, supposedly at the end of that movie, you know, they've buried everyone and every, you know, Wolverine is now running the school or some bullshit. Um, but we catch up with him exiled, like he's exiled himself. He's in the, the, you know, wilderness living as a grizzly man or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's dragged into this whole, the politics and the scene of what's going on in this power struggle in Japan. Um, I don't know, dude. I'm just like so much of this movie for me was like, oh, they it was all there. (laughs) It was it was all possible to tell this really cool. And and what we find out about Logan at this point is that he low-key wants to die. Yeah. Like that's so that's his motivation, right? Or, Or not his motivation, but that's the thing that's plaguing him. That's the arc that he's on, is that he's reached the point where he just feels totally depressed and hopeless and you know, having to kill Gene, he's haunted by that. This is like, I don't know how many loved ones that he's lost and he realizes shit, this is just going to keep happening. Mm
0: -hmm. Like
1: I really don't have, there's, there's, you know, I'm practically immortal because he's not, he's aging still, but really like, this is all I have to look forward to. I'm just going to be a killing machine. I'm just going to lose like the closest people to me. Like I, I don't want this. And, He's taken a vow of nonviolence, which hilariously doesn't last more than like it lasts one scene. Yes, just, he doesn't kill. He doesn't kill a bear. Like that's
0: that's basically what he does not. kill. <laughs> uh,
1: and then he does though. He does kill the, then, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the bear out of, it it out of misery. Misery. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> God, um, how cool would it be to watch Wolverine? be non-violent for an entire movie trying really hard you know to to fight that urge and then just you know build up and 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 you know a, a that whole conflict and then let them let loose at the end but of course Fox is not going to make that Wolverine movie cuz you know they want to give people the action and the violence so right right <laughs> anyway um so there's there you know obviously there's stupid shit like that scattered throughout but overall I felt like his motivations as a character, where he's at, the struggle that he's that he's working through, how and why he ends up in this, you know, in this Japanese setting. I, I just think it all was really well done up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're slowly kind of building out this world and showing us, introducing these characters and the dynamics. And there's a mystery involved where he doesn't know why this family is like arguing. And he's not quite sure you know whether or not he's gonna take this guy up on his offer. Um, and then, <laughs> I feel like out of nowhere we get this character. That's just like in another movie Like a completely different <laughs> Viper is in a Completely different movie Dude I had so many
0: issues with Viper because as far as <laughs> I know Viper never has not a mutant Never had powers Just a really cool super spy And and I was just like well, Again why are you picking a character And changing them so dramatically That they're unrecognizable Like right. I don't understand
1: <laughs> Exactly
0: um... And I'm sorry, there's another thing that they do in a lot of these movies where there is never any question in anybody's mind that this blonde doctor person is evil. Like, (laughs) they don't even go to hide it. It's just like, she comes on screen, and she just, like, she gives it that I'm evil stare. Exactly! Exactly. It's like, what are you doing? Like, make her a concerned doctor so that by the end we're like, oh my god, I'm shocked! I thought she was gonna be a good guy. Like, there was no attempt to hide that at
1: all. Why is Viper even there? That makes no sense. The first speaking scene that she gets, she's like totally twirling her mustache, like going, you know, I'm evil. I'm the villain. You're going (laughs) to do what I want. I'm here for evil purposes. And it's just like, what? And then we go back to like this really grounded character based like storytelling they're doing in the rest of the movie. And it gets progressively worse, Joe. And then spoilers, by the third act, we are now in Viper's movie. And they have yes, yes. transported all of these grounded characters into this batshit cartoon of a movie that <laughs> Viper is in because we get... A full like robotic samurai robot that makes no or, or armor that makes no sense whatsoever. Like and, and
0: completely and completely dismisses a very, very, very deep, flawed character in the comics. Yes. The silver samurai is such a weird, strange, been dealt with so many different ways that he kind of
1: makes sense character. Mm-hmm. And you've reduced him to a robot. Oh my god. And originally, I can't remember, I think it's um Shingen or Shingen mm-hmm. who who I thought they were setting up to be the Silver Samurai. right. He has the motivation. He reaches for the literal Samurai costume at one point, but then doesn't put the whole thing on. and then like has this fight, with with Wolverine after he's poisoned by viper and they just totally oh god that, so this is what frustrates me about this movie is that it was all there joe they they right. it, it felt like um the studio notes winning out over Jackman and Mangold And I feel maybe I'm totally making up this, you know, story in my head, but I feel like with Logan, it feels, which we're going to watch later, it feels like Mangold and Jackman won.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think like one of the things I was watching with the, I remember thinking when I first watched it, I remember thinking it this morning. What? Like, I'm like, I don't want to see Wolverine with no powers like i know that we have to give him something to overcome
1: mm-hmm.
0: but f- i just don't want to see it and then i went no 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 he really has reduced powers in logan so that's not the problem yes the problem is is not he's not he's not reacting to it he's not acknowledging it he's just like i'm just going to barrel through it and there's nothing there's nothing compelling about it
1: Well, I get what they're going for because they're trying to find an interesting way to give Logan some sort of conflict, some, you know, let's challenge him in a way that we haven't seen him challenge before. And he's so ridiculously overpowered at this point in the the movies that he's unkillable, right? So, I mean, that's literally part of his struggle at the beginning of the film is that he supposedly can't die. And mm-hmm. so this dying, you know, Japanese billionaire—I don't know—he's like the Steve Jobs of or, or Elon Musk of Japan. Um,
0: <laughs> he's like,
1: I'll give you something that you want. I will. I will allow you to be mortal and live a regular life and die. Um. So so, you know, apparently he can't die. How do we give him like challenges that make it interesting? And so one of the things they do is they you know, Viper somehow, some way poisons him in a way that counteracts his mutant ability to heal. And it's this weird cybernetic bug that's attached itself to his heart, which makes that makes no sense. That no, what the no. fuck? Like Well because you already you
0: already have you already have the the method in the fact that she's got all these poisons that she can apparently like inject into people. Because they all every they all come from the same two places, but they all um do different things. So that's a, that's a fun mutant power.
1: How cool Um, would it have been for it to be maybe because we know that um, Mariko, no, Yukio has precognitive abilities. That's kind of her mutant power, mm -hmm. right? Mariko never has any mutant abilities, but what if it's a healing ability or what if it's like an antidote ability as opposed mm-hmm. to this weird spider thing that he literally has to like dig his hand into a chest and take it out himself what if, or 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 it doesn't have to be mutant what if it's just some kind of healing practice that is known to to you know japanese culture that it, it's like some kind of reverence towards the setting yeah. so that his character learns something maybe he has to learn to not rely on his mutant ability maybe he gains some sort of humanity not through losing his powers and becoming mortal but maybe through like growing you you know some kind of character growth and it's like he he yes he still is gonna live for a long time but now he feels more human you know what i mean right well (laughs) and and you you you
0: already kind of brought it up that he could have been that his his the thing that keeps him from being all superpowered is he has to pull his punches he's not going to kill all these people right he's made this right. vow that he's not going to kill people anymore yes. which he gets rid of in 2 seconds make that make that the thing that is holding him back from
1: being yeah you know i do the, the, I do. the it, there's there's potential there I do get a sense. I totally forgot that this this <laughs> silver samurai cyborg at the end has swords that heat up and can cut through adamantium. Which why why why? Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Um, he gets his adamantium claws cut off. Yeah, and and in a way, I I kind of saw the like, let's destroy Mjolnir. You know, let's take away Thor's hammer because uh-huh. that's a thing that he we've seen him rely on through several movies at this point so let's uh-huh. get rid of that to give him a new challenge we haven't seen um but this idea that this i don't know dude this robotic silver samurai has been created to one keep this old man alive somehow and two to dig through Wolverine's bone claws <laughs> to get to the sort what well it's got to be in, it's got to be in the marrow
0: Ray, that's where the that's where all the mutant powers are stored is in the bone marrow. Got I'm it. Sure.
1: So, so, uh, so uh, <laughs> this this molten sword was created in order to cut his claws because that was the best way. How does this guy know that his claws are still within his? How does this guy know that Wolverine is c- covered in adamantium? I guess he's been following him all these years. I don't know, dude. None of this is explained. None no. of this is is, no. is shown as like a process of like and and the whole idea of like cutting down this cyborg has nothing to do with Wolverine's arc, character arc in this story. Um it's just all bullshit by the third act. It's just a big dumb third act that makes no sense and and it's it totally scraps the first half of the movie that i felt had real potential and you could tell that they put real care into how they were treating this this character at the beginning yeah and that's why i walked out of the theater bitter as fuck and just going (laughs) fuck this movie because this is worse than just giving me a plate of bullshit from the beginning this is like look at this delicious steak that we could give you, but no, bam, here's some crap on top of that. <laughs> and now yeah, we like just when ruined you, it. Yeah. When you get fashionista
0: apocalypse, um, that at the very beginning, there's no question that this could be a ridiculous, stupid movie. So my expectations are now at that level. You have set my expectations. If you're going to set them high, you better keep it going.
1: Yeah. This is just a huge tease. This is a huge, this movie's a huge fuck you. And I hate it. Um, I hate that about it. A couple of cool things here and there still. But even, I don't know, there's just too many moments. And they all build towards the end. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of Wonder Woman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about,
0: like, not Marvel is not everybody's cup of tea, the formula that Marvel's come up with. And I was like, well, I liked Aquaman, and then I'm like – and I liked Wonder Woman, except the third act. Um, so, yeah, it's the same thing. It's going well. It's going well. Okay, what executive needs to be smacked upside the head
1: yep. for changing the third act? Yep. And I think, like like Wonder Woman, they obviously care about this character. They're obviously trying to craft a good character-driven story and there's little blips here and there as you go, and they get alarmingly more present <laughs> as mm-hmm. the story goes. And you're like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And then the third act is just a shit show. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's there's cool things in, in the Wolverine, such as um, they bring back Famke Jansen to reprise mm-hmm. the role as Jean because she haunts Wolverine in his dreams every night. That's great. And then I could at- hang with
0: that. I was fine with that.
1: And then at the end, she's just like, hey, what? And he's like, I moved on. And she's like, bye. And she just pieces out. Like, there's no like resolution. Like, why have you changed? What has changed about that, Wolverine? Like, you know, she's like, you killed me. And he's like, I had to. You were hurting people. And she's like, you're not going to be with me here. And he's like, no. And she's like, bye. Why? Like, what did he learn? What, what <laughs> solved that problem for him? There's a cool moment where he I guess like comes back to full power and he's trying he's wa- trying to make it through this village to get to this like tower it's like the video game right like he's trying right, to get right, right, right to the boss oh, castle was t- <laughs> this was totally a vi- video
0: game movie because that's what the whole train sequence was
1: yes oh dude I like the train sequence I thought it was so imaginative to have like an action set piece on this bullet train in Japan and he has to like you know fight his way through these, these, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know, like henchmen and he's outside on top of the bullet train. And it, the, all of that action I thought was cool. And imaginary. Oh, the action was very fun and very cool. But it was also
0: like straight out of a video. Like it's a side scroller.
1: Yes, for <laughs> it's sure. literally a side scroller. Yes. So so we get to the point in the side scroller of a movie where <laughs> he's walking through this village to get to the boss castle and all the ninjas come out. And I'm thinking, okay, either we're going to get a scene where full powered Wolverine just cuts through a mountain of ninjas to get to this castle, which might be kind of cool. Like he shows up at the castle and he's covered in blood and none of it is his, and he's just <laughs> yeah. like, red. You know, that's kind of cool. But also they set up this Ninja clan to be somewhat like honorable and like important because it's a clan that has been guarding this, this village and this family for generations, like for hundreds of years. So you're like, wait, they kind of like have, a point like they kind of have like altruistic reasons to be here and be protecting you know this place from from someone like wolverine so how is this gonna play out like are we right. rooting for wolverine here or not and you know he ends up not getting through the ninjas but he does it in the most stupid asinine way possible where he shows up they have a face off and he says this bad typical badass hero line of Is this, is this all the men you brought here to face me? Like, you know, and they cut him and he heals and they're like, oh shit. And then his answer is to just run. He just... Runs. He, he chops no one. He faces off with no one. We get no badass scene of him fighting ninjas. He literally just runs through the street as they shoot him full of arrows.
0: As they shoot him full of arrows, and I swear to God, I could have gotten up, got myself a cup of coffee, gone to the bathroom, and come back <laughs> and he would have still been there standing with just a few more arrows since the last time I left. Because that yes. took for
1: fucking ever. It did take forever. And he's in this like christ like crucifix pose as he like falls and it's like what what was the point of that scene like (laughs) i did not get that at all what a terrible what a terrible no yeah so it was just stuff like that even when there there was cool things or or the potential for cool things by the end they were just all just ruined so that's that's why i was so bitter about this movie for so long um I do think that it sets up Logan, and I do think that uh, it, it sets up, a you know, a, a better story where it feels like there's much less studio interference. Um, this movie also sets up, I totally forgot about this, the, the post credit scene in this movie is Professor X back from the dead. Right which we kind of, you know, we we get in a post-credit scene of, of X-Men the Last Stand and Magneto back to full powers which again we get in the last shot of X-Men the Last Stand recruiting Wolverine at the airport um which sets up Days of Future Past. Right. I totally forgotten about that.
0: Yeah, I had too. I I have gotten to the habit of watching movies and then like scrolling on the computer screen to see if there's any post-credit scenes and I'm like what in the hell post credit scene is this? And I completely forgot that this was a thing. I may have even yeah. not seen it when I watched it in the movies. I may have just been like, I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that was the Wolverine.
0: <laughs> it, it is definitely there.
1: Um, there were actually a couple questions
0: that Lyle had on this one that I actually think I have um, answers to. Um, he said... Well, first of all, his final comment was, "Wait, was okay, this movie was not enjoyable, but I can't really explain why. Hopefully we've explained. (laughs) Hopefully we've explained. Um, Continuously, he says, here we see Logan has the claws on his right hand cut off. We know the claws being his actual bones will grow back, but the adamantium coating obviously won't, except in Logan, he has it back. And Days of Future Past, Age of Apocalypse 2, I think. Um, Age of apocalypse takes place supposedly before this um, but yeah I don't I don't think Logan takes place in the same universe as all of this other stuff.
1: No that's a cop out. come on <laughs> <laughs> That's too easy. That's what they've been telling me. <laughs> that's what it's been saying. Uh, um, I hate that. He does say ah uh, here we go
0: again. I am only interested in women who are already in a relationship. Logan. <laughs> oh, um, that's but there's, there was something about the, uh, Viper. I'm not super familiar with her. I'm pretty sure Dr. Green is Viper. Yes, she was. And no, that's not anything closely related to Viper. Um, I being colorblind missed this little detail, but he said, Oh, I've got to find it. Cause it was really funny. Um, yeah, the green steam coming out of that tea is totally normal. Just a typical Japanese bedtime tea. Definitely <laughs> won't fuck you up or anything. <laughs> see, I can't I didn't see the green because colorblind. So, that's another one of those things where somebody points it out and I'm like, "Okay, that's funny. I missed that."
1: Yeah, I think there was there was some reverence paid to this Japanese culture. And I think that was cool. I think there could have been more. I think it could have been handled a little bit better. Um, I think they tried their best. Um, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I was going to say, like, I, I do agree with you that this felt like
0: the zero hour, the, the execs came in and went, but <laughs> well, actually, yeah. and kind of messed stuff up. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So so he gets his claws his adamantium claws cut off in this movie. Um and then next we're in Days of Future Past which the the older generation it does take place post X3 as does this movie. But mm-hmm. the younger generation it takes place in the 70s.
0: And he has uh, bone claws back then because he hasn't had his um adamantium yet. Oh. But okay. yeah, I think I think in the um which, which suggests that they knew him before they recruited him in the original X-Men movie. Well, wait. Um,
1: well, wait. But in Days of Future Past, spoilers, mm-hmm. um, by the end, that timeline is sort of fixed so that when he – the end of the movie, Gene is alive, Scott is alive, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, And so if nothing in X3 happened, then nothing post-X3 happened, which means he didn't get his adamantium claws cut off.
0: Timey wimey shit, right? Timey wimey shit.
1: Yeah, so then it makes sense. For, <laughs> it makes so sense for the the end of, of Days of the Future Past for him to have his his adamantium intact. Yes, I knew I could figure it out. <laughs> um, does he show up in in Apocalypse? Is that the the Weapon X scene?
0: Yes, that's the only way place he shows up in. Um
1: in Age of Apocalypse. And he doesn't show up in, in Dark Phoenix at all? Mm,
0: no, I don't think he does.
1: Wow. Okay, there you go.
0: Because at that point, I think he saw the he saw the ship sinking. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> and, so, and he probably said, I think I've made this movie before. Well, I think by that point, he had made Logan. He was like, that's a good capper. Yeah, I'm good. Like the, he's, they, yeah. they said
0: this was going to be his last movie, and so,
1: yeah. He's been reluctant to you know, be Logan again, because that movie is such a, such a perfect end. Although I know, uh, Ryan Reynolds is trying really hard to get him in the next Deadpool movie,
0: which I, I like if Ryan Reynolds does that, how can you say no to Ryan Reynolds? It's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> um, and I've, there's also rumors that he's in, um, Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he is. I don't think there's a lot. I think I think if you were looking for every character you have ever known to be in a Marvel-related <laughs> movie, being in this movie, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. Um, I think I might be one of those people that's going to be sorely disappointed. But And I'm going in there knowing that I'm going to be sorely disappointed. But I'm, I'm still excited. Like, What is this movie, Ray? Have you been watching the previews and
1: stuff? For Doctor Strange? Uh huh. Just yeah, the theory videos and stuff. There's so many. I have not watched all of them. No. Well, I mean, they're all some sort of
0: iteration of we're going to get this character, and it's kind of like you have no basis for that. Yeah, like seriously. you have no, it's, you it's- have no basis for that. The only thing that we have is that, um, what's his face, um, Cumber- Cumberbatch has said that the um, it, it is on par with Spider-Man three. Which means that we are going to get some really cool like surprise guests. But I don't think it's going to be as broad and
1: wide-sweeping as people are hoping it's going to be. Listen, man. We keep giving them views. They're going to keep giving us theories. Um,
0: <laughs> just come here. We give theories. We give so, theories.
1: So, Logan, then – I'm so excited for that. Um, does mm-hmm. take place in the, in the future, you know, end of Days of Future Past – timeline, just to just to close that circle, because my brain needed to do that. Um, <laughs> and now I'm done. Um, cool. Awesome. Any shout-outs? Right. Um, yes,
0: my friend Marcel, our friend Marcel is in Hawaii this week. She's celebrating her birthday year, and, uh, and so this weekend she's in Hawaii, and she's needed a vacation, so I hope she's having many pina coladas for me on the beach. <laughs> so shout-out to Marcel. How about you? Right. Uh no, no shout-outs this week. <laughs> we
1: should like, do we even continue with the shout-outs? <laughs> like, feel man. like
0: we're always grasping for shout-outs.
1: Yeah, it's it's been it was a lot easier pre-pandemic. I honestly Yeah, now we don't see anybody's <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like seriously, pre-pandemic, anytime a geeky movie came out, it was an event for my friends and I. Like a whole group of us would go to see these shows Mm -hmm. and now it's like, Oh, do we want to risk going to a theater? Like just me and you, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm, just, mm -hmm. it's just so different. So yeah, I I don't really, it's so hard to even like, you have to make a point to see people. So unless I have a good reason to give a shout out, I'm not going to give a fake half ass shout out.
0: Yes. All right. So well, let's let's. I think moving forward, we are going to say we will only bring up shoutouts if we have shoutouts. I like that idea. I think that's what we'll do. All right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at Sound.com. geek to jude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows, such as the Geek2Geek podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, Farming Simulated, As the Dice Roll. Planes Talker Podcast, and Sometimes Rob. And that's where I should actually put a shout out, because um, I don't know, did you know that Rob had a kid? Oh, no! What? Yeah, yeah, he just, I, I have not announced it, because I didn't know how much he wanted announced, but he just put out an episode, because, uh, you know, he calls when his wife guests on the show, he calls her the wife um, because she wants to r- remain anonymous and they want to keep their kid anonymous. So now the kid is the child and nice. uh, yeah. And the episode is really fun because he's holding the baby and talking about all the geeky stuff he's doing while he's taking care of his new kid. So <laughs> major shout out to Rob. Oh, and yeah, go, go. Yeah. Go listen to his uh, latest episode and you will hear the child. Um also check out Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, Twedle Power, Geen, and Nixie. And make sure to join us on Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. Uh you're missed on Slack, Ray, just letting you know.
1: Oh, I've been meaning to get back on there. I'm not even on Slack for work anymore, so it's really tough. That's but, that's um,
0: what I that's what does it when you don't do use it for work anymore, it kills yep, you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll try.
0: Uh, You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me
1: personally at Epic Ray, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on social media at rayvargas3. Um, That includes Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. However, my website is under my full name which is ramon so rather than go to rayvargas3.com which will take you to my old website my new website is under ramonvargasart.com um and it's still it's still in progress but you can see some art there and i'm slowly adding more art as i go um it's just formatting things for websites is a pain in the ass um so, yeah, I'm I'm currently in the midst of figuring out when I'm going to be Ray, which is what I grew up <laughs> as. Although it's not really my name. And, and I think that surprises, you know, a lot of people that have only ever known me as Ray. Um, and when I want to go as Ramon, because that's actually my name. That's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's how I think of myself. Um, but um, definitely going forward with all of my art Projects and you know art-related things. I'm, I'm just gonna go by my full name, which is actually I'm the third. It's Ramon Vargas the third, which is why. Ray Vargas three was a thing. A lot of people thought, Oh, we're Ray Vargas was taken already. So, you know, right.
0: Right. I think I made that mistake. And then you were like, no, I'm a third. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's cool.
1: Yeah. But I get, totally get that. It, it looks, you know, people that don't know that, which most people don't know that it looks kind of janky, you know, so, so I've realized, okay, you know, I don't want to take that approach uh, with my, with my art career going forward so i'm just going by Ramon Vargas um so you can check out my artwork at ramonvargasart.com there is there is at Vargas.com who is a very successful and popular tenor in mexico <laughs> so <laughs> shout, <laughs> shout out to Ramon Vargas <laughs> but um i'm the art guy so uh you can you know if you just search my name in art it'll come up um, so yeah that's where you can find me and i'll I'll keep y'all posted as that changes.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I'm excited to go check out the new website. I know it's not done, but I love, I love looking at your stuff. So thanks. Awesome. All right. So next week we are coming back to watch um, days of future past, which I might actually watch this weekend to like cleanse the other two out of my system (laughs) and, uh, and Deadpool. So we've got like next week should be fun.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a good one.
0: I, I hope we don't come back and go, well, we remembered those wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> that oh, seems <sighs> – Ray, is there any possibility that we're going to get to the Dark Phoenix and we're like, oh, my God, this is a really good movie. Like, what were we thinking?
1: <laughs> Gosh, I, it might all even out. I mean, we were definitely <laughs> ripe for, for, you know, criticism uh, in those days. So it might all even out. It might all kind of come back to a, you know – a a more consistent medium. Oh, that wasn't as bad as I remember. And all that wasn't as good as I remember.
0: Oh, I should ask, are we watching the rogue cut or the um,
1: original cut? Oh, totally watching the rogue cut. Okay, cool. Yeah. That'll make it even more interesting for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for this week. We will see you in two weeks and remember till next time. Remember these two weeks, keep them geek.